Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Let's take a look at the AFC North standings right now. So Pittsburgh on top of the standings thanks to their win over Baltimore on Sunday. They also have a divisional win over the Browns, remember, from earlier this season. Ravens still the front runners when it comes to odds, sitting at plus 140. Then you have the Browns, then Steelers, then the Bengals at plus 475. Guys, I mean... Good odds there on the Bengals, if you believe. Yeah. We saw Joe Burrow coming off his best game of the year so far. What do we think? Do you, do you believe? <laughs> you know what? I'm as encouraged and close to that yeah. as I have been in quite some time, Jesse. And, Dad, I think that was the most encouraging thing we've seen in a while this weekend is the way Joe Burrow moved. It wasn't just that they managed to go out there and play well and get a win, but it was the fact that you saw him buy time with his legs again, actually scramble first down, first down and get up with some confidence. All of these things that if you're a Bengals fan might be such a sigh of relief that you breathe. We know it can be fleeting. We know you're not out of the woods yet. He goes over to the sideline and he straps on that gigantic electric bag on his leg (laughs) and has to try and work through it each time. But it it was as positive a sign for them and certainly the Jamar Chase faction of that as well where they just decided, hey, we're going to huck and chuck at football to the really good wide receiver and let things happen. Amazing how well that can work. I trust that offense the most going forward. I, yeah. I sit there and look at the division the st- and, and Mike Tomlin. I mean, they're 2-0 and beating Baltimore and Cleveland and they sure as hell Pittsburgh isn't, aren't doing it with the offense. So that's no. a defense that is going to have to carry a large, large load on their shoulders. But you know, right now, five games in, they're 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 getting it done. A surprising thing to me, but I I'm still in the long haul. I, I'm going with Cincinnati. All right, well, let's ask our next guest here. Very excited to welcome back to the show, Andrew Whitworth, former NFL offensive lineman, part of the TNF on Prime coverage. 
that will be heading to Arrowhead this week. Denver and the Chiefs getting ready to play. But, Whit, as you look at it, we're talking about the AFC North here, obviously a division you're very familiar with, your old team in the Cincinnati Bengals. How would you handicap this division? Who do you trust right now in one of the toughest divisions in football? Oh, oh, you're oh, muted. We got you muted here, you're unfortunately, muted. brother. We want to give the people your great words. All good. Come on, baby. Unmute me. There we go. There you go. <laughs> speak. Uh, no, I, you know, I think it's one of those divisions that it seems like they're playing with us, right? I mean, one week we, we, you know, we see the Pittsburgh Steelers play a certain way. We all jump on this. Hey, you know what? This, this team can't do it. Uh, offensively, they weren't that much better, but, uh, defensively, wow, they're special. I really think the Ravens is the one people overreacted a little bit to this weekend. I mean, you look at all the drops, you look at how Lamar's mm. continued to kind of show some progress in this offense and I really think is getting better and better every every week out with Todd Munkin. Um, I think they're going to be a tough out for everybody right now. But Cincinnati, I mean, I got a little excited. I got a little happy. I saw Joe Burrow. I think it was even an incomplete pass. I saw him kind of avoid, avoid a rush and kind of make a little bit of a jump move with his legs. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. We might be back. I don't care what contraption it is. I don't care what he needs to get out. <laughs> But, hey, if Joe Burrow's back, Cincinnati is back in contention. And so uh, I think it's kind of interesting. You know, if there's any team that's used to starting a little slow, yep. that football team. And and I think, you know, we've touched on this before, but those teams you see that have that ability to go on these stretch runs where they win a ton of games in a row always kind of seem to be the teams you got to worry about the most. And the Bengals the last couple of years have shown that ability to get hot and stay hot. Yeah, I agree. We, we've talked a lot about the beginning of the season for Joe in his four years, his first two games. He's one and seven. So they've had, had the slow start and they come back and do well. And Lamar Jackson struggles against Pittsburgh or, or again. Yeah, against Pittsburgh. He's one and three, seven interceptions, just three touchdowns. So that Pittsburgh defense uh, is doing what it normally does. We've been talking about the other side of it in, in, light of like Minnesota and a bad season. But before we talk about that and the possibility of trading Kirk Cousins, which is easy to say and harder to do, about bad teams. You know, you played a long time in the NFL, and not not all your teams were great teams. I was certainly on some teams that were out of it after six or seven weeks. Take people inside the locker room and preparation. When you as a player, we all know the writing on the wall quicker than anybody. When a season is kind of lost, what a player kind of reverts to in that locker room and how they're preparing for the rest of the games. Yeah, I think it's interesting because every situation, just like anything else in the NFL, is different. But when you're on one of these teams, maybe that talent-wise, you don't have the guys and you don't have the horses, and you know it. And every week you go out and it seems like you compete in games and then you just end up coming up short and just don't have the ability to play well. Um, there starts to you know be that point where there's going to be some leadership, some guy in the room who's going to stand up and they're going to have to be this moment where the team says, hey, forget everything that has to do with excuses and whose fault it is and whose is this. Let's handle how we play the next eight weeks, the next nine weeks of the season. Uh, let's own it. Let's be the onus for that. No, no excuses. Let's go play football. And you see it every year. There's some team that starts off slow, and then all of a sudden they start playing good football. Usually they start running the football and playing some defense, which is a mentality part of the football game. And it's about how you compete, which wins. And then 
you know, there's a couple teams this year. You look at it that it, it's it's going to be who's in that locker room and who's going to step up because you really start to doubt yourself. You really start to say, "Hey, man, I, I don't know what's what it's worth the rest of the year." And you know, I think that to me, you look at even this Broncos team this week, right? It, it's one of those things we can talk about Sean Payton and Vance Joseph and all these things all we want, but at some point, look at the history of the last couple of years. Is it always the coaches? Because to me, it's, hey, somebody in this locker room has got to say, yep. there's a sense of pride of how we play football, and this is how we're going to go forward. And if you're not on that bandwagon, get the heck out of here. I, I've always said this, Wit is, you know, we can talk about coaches and game plans and things like that, but I always put more onus on the player. I'm the one that's got to go one-on-one -on -one with you. If I don't beat you uh, or you don't beat me, that's going to affect the game plan. So I think, you know, we can talk coaches all we want, but really it's the players that decide this thing. There's no doubt about it. It's 11 one-on-one -on -one matchups, baby. And if you got the guys who are winning those matchups, you're going to be a really good football team. There's there's a reason. We, we can't sit here on one hand and say, hey, the San Francisco 49ers are so good. We have, they have all these all pros. You have all these guys that win, all these things. And then on the other hand, say it's the coach's fault when a team loses. You, you you praise the horses on one team and you say it's all the coaches on the other. That's just not the case. The players have to go make plays and win football games. Well, one of the players that did that last week uh, in the game you guys got an up-close-and-personal view was Justin Fields, who's been this hot-button issue for so many people so far this season. What did you take away from that Bears win against the Washington Commanders in terms of how Justin performed? Well, first off, I took I took the Commanders and and you know Fitz took the Bears and he's going to take the lead in our pick them for the season. And you <laughs> know what? I wasn't even upset about it. I wasn't upset about it. You know why? Because I it felt so good to see the Bears rise up, have a game like that where hey, all right, here's something to build off of. Here's some success, Justin Fields. Let's move forward because that's another building that up until that week it was. Excuses galore for all the different reasons. Things going on off the football field, the drama with Chase Claypool, everything else. They needed to go have an effort like that. Now it's what can they build off from there? I thought Justin looked decisive, put his feet in the ground and made decisions. You see him sometimes, he's kind of a floaty guy in the pocket, always on his toes a lot. And, and kind of something you've seen critiqued about. But this week, it just seemed like he's decisive. He's really hitting those things like, hey, I'm going to hit my first read, my second read, or I'm going to run and get out of the pocket and make something happen. And good to see him make some progression there. And I just hope he builds off of it because you'd love to see this team start to compete. You know, we'll get to veteran quarterbacks like a Russell Wilson and a Mahomes for this Thursday night game in a minute. But sticking with the young uh, quarterbacks, you know, Frank Wright came out and told about the meetings he's having with the owner, David Tepper, about they haven't been fun meetings or they're, they're winless. And Tepper, you know, the, the record since he's been there, I think is 29 and 58 or something like that. And we're talking about young quarterbacks and the thought when Andy Dalton took over for Bryce Young when he missed that game, that offense moved well. But what do, what is your thought on a young quarterback staying out there, taking his lumps as opposed to should we sit him down for a little bit and let him look from the sidelines? Where, where do you sit on that? Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's, it's again, one of those things just kind of depending on the guy. But I, I think about more what's around him. You know, can I can I protect him and put him in positions to be successful? You know, if I think of it as, hey, I got this young quarterback, and if he plays well, that might be the only part of the game that's actually going to be good for us because defensively we can't stop people. Offensive line-wise, I'm not sure I can protect him. I think, to me, that's what's got more to do with it rather than, hey, do they play early or do they not? Can I put him in positions – to have a chance to be successful. And I think that's the toughest part. And then also realizing that they're going to make mistakes and they're going to have issues and there's going to be ups and downs. I mean, 
I was with Andy Dalton when he was a rookie and started for his first career game. You know, I was with Jared Goff after his rookie year. That was a, a disaster. And people wanted to say, hey, you know, maybe this guy's not the number one pick. Uh, shouldn't have been the number one pick. And then, boom, his second year, Sean McVay, he takes off. You know, I saw Carson Palmer and his run as, as a young quarterback kind of take off. And so, you know, you've seen these moments, and it really has a lot to do with what's around them, how that coach can put them in positions to win. I think Bryce Young's is a tough situation. I mean, who are those offensive weapons? Who are the guys you can give the football to? They haven't protected him very well. I mean, it's not that it's been a great scenario for him, and maybe maybe it should have been a little bit of watching Andy Dalton play for a few weeks, and then we'll see you get in there and play. What do you say, especially for you with Jared, you're coming over as one of the most important veteran voices in that Rams locker room. What do you say to a guy like that when he's struggling in that way? Well, I think it's very similar to what I talked about a losing football team. They, they need a veteran. You need a veteran offensive lineman in that group, a, a guy on that offense that says, hey, you know, when I, when I walked in with Jared, it's like, listen, you know, our group up front, we're going to handle how we play the football game from a mentality standpoint. We're going to handle whether people touch you or not. We, all that's going to be taken care of, and we will carry a sense of pride about that. Like, you don't worry about that kind of stuff. I mean, I look at Jared Goff, John Sullivan, who doesn't get talked about enough, our center, tremendous dude, one of the smartest football players I've ever been around. I mean, Jared Goff didn't have to speak other than to say the, the cadence, right? I mean, this guy handled everything. So, he had a presence like that. When I was in Cincinnati, we had a center like that with Andy. When Carson was young, he had a 13, 14-year-old year center. So, I mean, those kind of things to me are really important. Is, is the, What kind of situation do you put him in? How much does he have to think and process before he plays? So with that background of Jared Goff, how interesting is it for you to see the way he is acting now in Detroit? Because I feel like he's kind of internalized some of this Dan Campbell stuff. He's a veteran, and he gave it back to Fitz on set with you guys the other week. What was that like? Were you like a proud parent watching him that day? <laughs> I was. Fitz is my guy, but I was a proud big brother, man. I'm nudging him <laughs> under the table like, I love it. Look at you. Uh, because that's the thing. Knowing Jared personally and being with him off the football field, whether it be playing golf or just hanging out, that is his personality. He's not as as kind of timid and shy and like just not not as boisterous about who he is uh, in the media. He he's way more the other way. He's very feisty. If you bring up conversations or topics, no matter what it is, he's very opinionated. And so to hear him kind of do that finally in front of people, I'm like, yes, like be yourself and be who you are and why you're such a special young man. And so, you know, it's like uh, it was a lot of fun to see him do that, but it's even more fun to see him in these leadership positions. I mean, you see some of the video of him in these locker rooms talking to these guys. Um, Jared is a unbelievable man and, and a great guy. And, and, you know, we had these conversations when he went to Detroit about what this could be for him because he needed a little bit of just a chance to be around that grit, that toughness of a city like that. And also this Dan Campbell. And so uh, I, I couldn't be more excited for him. And, man, what a football team they have. They, yeah, they, they really do. And he's come a long way since his rookie year and not knowing what, what side the sun rose from and set on. So that was a that was a lot of fun to have with, with, with a rookie back oh, then. No. Uh, speaking <laughs> of going to a, a veteran quarterback, we were talking earlier, and everybody is now about Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson going on IR. What's the, the future of this team this year? And even when he was on the team, hell, they were still one and four. It's not like, you know, they were winning a ton of games. And as I said earlier, when it's easy to say we should trade him, but you got to find a trade partner who would trade for him, give up assets, and with because the, there's not a whole lot of rent a player in the NFL for a, for a half a year. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting. People want, you know, hey, Minnesota should, you know, fire sell and start trying to trade great players. It's like, all right, but you need trade partners to do that. And and especially in his case, yeah, the Jets were a team that you could say, oh, man, that made sense a couple weeks ago. But now they've kind of gone down the road and it's like, hey, yeah, it's Zach Wilson. Like we're we're kind of committed there. And let's be honest, they're only a couple of wins from probably saying, hey, this season is going to be real tough for us to have a lot of upside anyway. So uh, I think that there's really just not a lot of teams out there that you're going to get maybe the value that people think. And, and that's what I always think is so funny is that, you know, I think fans have such a weird reaction to like what trade values actually are, because it's real different to be trading for a guy that you're trying to steal from a team than trading for a guy that a team's trying to get rid of. So, uh, you know, the offers sometimes are a lot different. And uh, I think that uh, it may not be the value people think, and especially I just don't know if there's a great home for Kirk Cousins right now in this situation. From a veteran to another rookie, we talked a little bit about Bryce before, but this news just coming down right now. Um, Anthony Richardson, the Colts' uh, young quarterback, been placed on injured reserve, so he'll be sidelined for at least the next four weeks. We saw that shoulder injury this past weekend. You got any concerns with his usage in that Colts' offense early in his NFL career and how we've seen him get banged up a couple of times already? You know, actually, there's a play in the preseason that that kind of stuck out to me. I circled. I remember telling Carissa Thompson this when we flew up to do the uh, Philly Indy preseason game is that I saw him going into the end zone and and, and about to score uh, in, a, in a clip. And I, I thought the way he went in and kind of took the shot, I said, ooh, I, I, don't, I don't like his demeanor about getting hit in the sense that you watch some of these really good football players like this Forget playing quarterback. If it's a Chad Johnson I can think of that just sticks out in my mind of their ability to avoid those hits, like almost like the Matrix. They could get in the air and just kind of – you'd think it looked bad, but they really didn't absorb much of the hit. And you watch some of his early play in the season, you know, it's it just it, too many times where it's like – it's not about whether he's got the football or how they're using him. He's just – he's literally thinks, hey, this is college or this is high school. I can absorb these hits and kind of stay square-shouldered and get hit like this. And in the NFL, I don't care if it's the smallest DB on the field. You can't take those hits like that. You've got to get out of the way. You've got to learn how to turn your shoulders and move like a boxer and at least only absorb part of those. And I think, to me, that was the most concerning thing is seeing a couple of those clips. He's a freak, unbelievable athlete. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback – but he's got to develop a little bit of ability to avoid those shots. Everybody has their learning curve when they go from college to the NFL on just how different the game is and how they may have to adjust their game. Now, going to a quarterback that really avoids probably the best slider in the game and can avoid Russell Wilson. I mean, that, that guy knows how to get down when he's getting out of the pocket and such like that. So looking at the, the Thursday night game with Denver and Kansas City, I, I guess the biggest question is, how the hell does Denver make this a game? Yeah, it, it's going to be a challenge. You look at defensively, uh, you know, how they've played, and then you look at Mahomes' record against teams that have bad defenses. Uh, it's not real good, look good for the Broncos. But, I, I, you know, I think it's one of those things with them right now. You know, let's be honest, it's less about trying to win a game, and it's more about showing really who they are as a football team. How do they get better? Because right now – I think that the, the simplest way for them to go into this game is we've got to show a physical presence and attitude on defense that separates what we've done the first five weeks. We've got on the offensive side of the football. we got to take care of the football. 
we got to play physical on that side. We got to convert in these situations of the red zone, play up to our standards and let the game take care of itself. I thought that's what the Chicago Bears did so well last week is it's about winning the moments and then the game will take care of itself. And that's what this Broncos team's got to do. But, you know, it's 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 also developing some version of a marriage or relationship because it just seems like Peyton and Russell and everything else, it's, uh, you know, just all trying to figure each other out still in this stage. Yeah, it's definitely been a learning process. We saw a little bit of that friction on the sideline last week. But, hey, man, conflict is a, lo- conflict is a love language on NFL sidelines. We see that bear some pretty uh, solid fruit. One more before we let you go. We only got about a minute left here. Are you ever going to be able to trust the Dallas Cowboys again after what the hell happened against the 49ers? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't trust them much last week. I, I mm. Here's the thing. I, I think that uh, they have a good football team, but when you're playing the San Francisco 49ers, um, I look at it right now. Even you look at some of the stuff that went down with Micah Parsons yesterday and Debo, and um, it, it really screams the Rams 49ers and the dominance that the Niners had over the Rams in that division while I was there because it's almost like their style of play, how they're going to go about competing in this football game, just doesn't really match up well with what the Cowboys are and who they are as a team. And so I just think there's a level of uh, the toughness and and speed and attitude the Niners play with that is just different, and it's on a different level than really what the Cowboys' M.O. The football game is so uh, I think it's gonna be a challenge to see them ever beat the 49ers I don't think that's an opponent they want they want somebody else to handle it for them well yes. with it, yeah yeah uh, appreciate your time this morning it was interesting you talking about playing with a young Jared Goff a young Andy Dalton a young Carson Palmer I thought you were gonna say you play with a young Boomer Esiason as well as far back yeah. as you were going so <laughs> all right three decades baby yeah <laughs> there we go Wait, you're the man we appreciate the time have fun this Thursday we'll talk to you again soon all right brother Appreciate you, fellas. Thank you. Thanks, Wit. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Now I can say he kept going back. I was like, "Oh man, all right, this man been, Dude been played going a through long with these guys." Time, wow. Yeah. No, it's that kind of longevity <clears throat> at that position. He's one yep. of the bigger freaks to ever play yep. offensive tackle in the NFL. Coming up next, though, this could be a fun one. We have gone football heavy today. Let's get the answer in the form of a question here. Katie <laughs> Nolan joins us ahead of her appearance as a part of Celebrity Jeopardy. Living out a dream for all of us next year on Gojo and Golik. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great. But everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So, wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., and making her triumphant return. Celebrity Jeopardy contestant Katie Nolan. Katie, how you doing, bud? Uh, I'm so good. It's uh, the day I've been counting down to for a while, my Celebrity Jeopardy day. So I am very, very excited. 
and happy uh, to be here with both of you, obviously. I would be, I, I'm very, very proud of you, Katie. Let me, let me just say that right out of the Thanks. gate, because there is no way I would take this challenge on. <laughs> I, I, I would be scared to death. How, how nervous, nerve wracking was this? Uh, it's very, very scary. I, truth be told, I was asked last year to do it. And I thought it was as a joke. Like I thought they were just like, Hey, you talk about Jeopardy a lot because you watched it. Um, and so I was like, no, absolutely not. I would never, I don't want to do a test of wits in front of people, a studio <laughs> audience. And then you have to wait and then it's going to air. So you have to just kind of stew in what you know has happened. Um, and then this year, I mean, I, I got up to a point this year where I was like, you just give yourself credit for things you've done. And I've watched Jeopardy every day for like the majority of my life. And so I was like, you know, you know the, the ins and outs of it. You get a lot of questions right at home. It's just going to be about believing in yourself and calming down when you're up there. Because, you know, being on TV, you're like, oh, I feel like I have to, I don't know, it's just stressful. And so uh, I figured it would be a good challenge for me to like, trust that I know something and just say it because, you know, some things in my career have kind of beaten into me that I don't know what I'm talking about. So then it's just like, believe in yourself because most of the time you do, you just doubt yourself. And so that's what I did. And to answer your question, it was very, very stressful. Oh, so you went in with that attitude. I know we're not going to give away any state secrets. Yeah, Everyone's got to watch tonight. Right. Tune in. Right. But how would you now retroactively grade your performance on here? How do you think you did mm. not in terms of performance, but in displaying that competence and putting those things to action you just talked about? Okay, just in that one part, I would say like B plus A minus. All right. Um, so because you know, it I think I did all right in that way. It, this is gonna be so funny once you've watched it to listen back to this. Uh, because it's just the grade I would give myself is probably like a C. Honestly, Ooh. oh well, I mean that oh, that just it's uh, a lot of you people know, pass with C's. Yeah, that is true. But my mom would have grounded me, so that's my yeah. that's the house I was the house I was raised in. A C was like you are in trouble, trouble. Yeah. Well, listen to my son and Jake and and Mike's brother Jake. A C was an A. So you know it's it's everything is everything is different. So, but but here's what's interesting because you said, "Oh, I do well at this at home." We all sit around at home and do this Wheel of Fortune, all the different game shows, and you get it. You can't understand why the person on TV didn't get it. You so we, you, you might even say, "You idiot!" Yes, Duh, yes, this. yes. And then once so, you've done it, you're like. Mm. Yeah, so Mike and I had Anthony Anderson on a while ago, and he's hosted game shows and been on game shows, and and I asked him this this same question. I, I'm going to ask you is is you sit at home and you get it right, but then you get there and there's the buzzer and you got to get the buzzer in. You got to answer in a split second. How you said you did well at home, just take it then to the studio and just how different it is. It's so different because you, you know what the game board looks like and you know what their um, podiums look like, but you don't really ever see, you know, the first time you stepped on a TV set and you were like, oh my God, this is so much smaller than I imagined. Yes. Or so much bigger than I imagined. So you're like trying to calibrate that and take in that you, I walked into that studio and I, I cried. I was mortified. My <laughs> eyes filled up with tears because it's now named the Alex Trebek studio. And like, uh, yeah. he was like TV daddy to me. Yeah. And so just like walking in there and seeing it in person and then being like, you get to do this. I got like very emotional. So then luckily they take you to a green room and then you can calm yourself down. 
Um, but then they take you out for like a rehearsal and to just teach you how to click. But that's when you're taking in all of the like, okay, so the host is going to be standing there. Okay. The mm. audience is right there. This is how you barely get to practice the clicking. And then they're like, cool, we're rolling. Here we go. And you're just like, <gasps> and so I think the first few like I had to like, I think a couple of times you might catch me on camera because now I've been watching them back and they, they're doing the thing where they put the three of them on screen with the board. So they're always on camera. And I'm like, I didn't know we were doing that. I thought there were times I was off camera where I was probably being like, to like calm myself down. And now I know it's going to be on the episode. Uh, but yeah, there were. I just had to like breathe and just be like, being freaked out is not going to help. Being freaked out's not going to help. The thing I'm excited to see back is just like uh, if any of the nervousness came across or if like there were times where my brain just wandered and then all of a sudden I was like, I have to come back. I'm in the middle of it's a long game. This Celebrity Jeopardy now has triple Jeopardy. So it's three right. oh, wow. rounds. Right. It's a slog. Uh, <laughs> and it's very stressful to like get your brain working like that i have since read the things that people like actual jeopardy not celebrity jeopardy which is a lot easier than real regular jeopardy i think um i've read now like what real jeopardy people say about like how to prepare and they're like you need to eat right before you go on you should drink a cup of coffee right before you go on and you need to practice the buzzer more than anything how do you pra what do you mean practice i mean Oh, there's yeah. ways. If you're truly interested, there are ways. I bought a really? book. I bought a book that's like the how to master the button. Come uh, on. It's just there's a guy who like really tested it and built himself. You can, I think, even buy, they'll sell you like a fake yep. one that you can hook up to your computer that'll basically read like how many seconds after the light turns on, you buzzed. Because a lot of studies have shown that, like, especially when you get to those certain levels of Jeopardy, like, I don't know how much Jeopardy you guys are watching, but a I'm lot. a big, like, the, the champions rounds yeah. and all those things that, like, you know, Ken used to do. And now it's like Holtzauer and uh, Matt Amodio <laughs> and those people. Like, they, it's about buzzing. They all know the answers. It's just whether or not you can get in. And I will say the most frustrating thing from my episode was the buzzing knowing the answer and thinking you buzzed first and somebody got in before you. Did you know that if you buzz before they're done giving the clue, not asking the question, I always say that, giving the clue, if you buzz before they're done, you get locked out from buzzing for like- Oh, so you're like penalized for being eager. Yes. So if like, you know it, so you're like, I want to be the first one in, it doesn't work that way. Once this light goes on, that's next to the clues- once the light goes on, you can buzz. And so the light goes on. Somebody is flipping a switch to open up the voting. And if you voted, you've been bumped to the back of the line. And if you haven't voted and you're the first one to buzz in, you get to answer. It's, it's almost very like, frustrating. It, 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 it's almost like I'm watching F1 where the lights are going and you <laughs> yes. have to, you know. Yes, wait it's for very intricate and difficult, just like F1 and just as dangerous. <laughs> Yes, people people don't give that nearly the respect it deserves. People 100%. have ended up, yeah. People have ended up in the hospital on Jeopardy. That's right. Yeah, that is right. <laughs> Wait, so, uh, Kate, so yeah, it's very stressful. The buzzing is very stressful. Wow. So you yeah. bought the book, but like it, you've been on here with us a couple of times in the since this podcast started. And when you were calling games on Apple TV for Major League Baseball, you were showing us all your notes where there were these intricate drawings of people's hands on the baseball for pitches, and you had gone so above and beyond in your prep prep for that so the, okay i was gonna ask so katie nolan for the podcast audience is holding up all of her flashcards so this was your mode of practice for this i have a couple modes these are my president flashcards because look you 
there are certain things my whole philosophy going into this was like i just don't want to get an easy one wrong mm. i do not want to be asked a question about a country and accidentally give the answer of a city so let me make sure i know what all 197 countries on earth are so i was like while i'm doing that i might as well also learn where they are generally so i studied maps i now know where every country is i know uh like what they mostly what they border there's some where you're like oh that has a tiny border with uzbekistan like i don't know but like i know it generally where things are which is something i feel like i should have always known and right. we kind of all <laughs> pretend we know i just wanted to make sure that going forward in my life i'll know that and then like you said because you saw a drawing of a hand holding a ball clearly i take things too far i then also made sure that i know every capital of every country that we have on planet earth right now um and that includes those islands over by australia and there's many of those um and so i learned all that i learned the presidents because that feels like something i should have known i should know the order of the presidents i do not i did not I kind of do now. Well, well does that make you, know. does that make you go, man, I, I should have retained more. Like I, yes. I didn't know there were 197 yes. countries quite honestly. I was shocked so, by the yeah. things I didn't know. I was shocked of like, how have you what, never heard this before? What's your favorite thing that you learned going back through to get ready for this? That's now going to be like your party trick going forward. Capitals, a hundred percent capitals. You really? tell people, you know, the capital of every country and they just start throwing countries at you. And you're like, got it, got it, got it. That's I'm afraid amazing. it's going to go. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr. here. Make sure you check out our friend Katie Nolan on Celebrity Jeopardy tonight. Here's more of our conversation with her. Do you think it's going to be like a test? We When we took a test, we studied for the test, and when the test was over, we forgot everything. So you yes. did this, and now it's, it's all gone. I think it's going to be that if I don't keep reinforcing it every now and then. I feel like now that I'm older, weirdly enough, I used to always say, I get why they put us in school when we're younger, because your brain is more malleable. But like, I would care about it more now because I'm like interested now and curious now. And I like understand what I understand. And now I want to fill in the stuff where it goes so that I can like make it broaden my understanding, if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas back then I was learning it for a test. 
And then I'm like, I'm never going to think about what it matters, which president came after which president. Whereas now I'm like, I didn't realize that this president and this president we're this close together. That makes sense. Now I can see how that went and, you know, put together the story of history is what I feel like I'm doing now. And I'm it, understanding. It is amazing that. how it works. You go to school and you didn't really think you cared about school. Then after school's over, you wish you'd have studied more in school yes. and you want to learn. But right. just wait, when you get to my age, you don't give a damn about any of that stuff anymore. <laughs> so it'll all go away at some point. Yeah, I don't think my brain's getting better. So I don't know yeah. that it's going to hold on to all of these countries and capitals. But right now, I'm fun to wow. be with at parties. What about Luxembourg? Uh, the capital of Luxembourg, you picked an easy one, is Luxembourg. So it's just Ooh, one yeah, of those. Nope, that, you love those. Right, Vatican what, City is like that. San Marino's like that. Monaco, where you're like, oh, the capital's just the name of the place. That's sick. I, I, I'm not even going to going to quiz you on that because I wouldn't even know where, where to you know, I start. I could say anything. Um, but let me ask you this. Is there a – I know you studied a lot for it, but, but is there a category that – came up or that would have come up where you would have just been like, well, okay, I'm screwed on this one. Here's the thing. Because of how much it would matter in my life, because the stress would be too high, if there was anything too deeply sports related, mm. I was terrified that my brain would go blank or I'd overthink it or I'd just be like, I have to get this the most right. And then it would be like, that's <sighs> not, it was the easy, it was the obvious answer. You answered the like, kind of niche or answer. I was just afraid of how it would go because as a female sports fan who now works or did work in sports TV, whatever's happening with that, you are constantly being jeopardied about your knowledge. And it's like, if you get it even a little wrong, boom, we were right. She slept her way to the top. She has no business being here. There's just less wiggle room for me in getting something wrong. And that pressure alone, I think, would have got me talking myself out of answers that I absolutely should have gotten. That would have been my nightmare. I wow. never thought about it that That's... being a female sports fan mm. or working in sports as a woman is actually the greatest training for being on yes. Jeopardy known to mankind. <laughs> yes. You just have to know the answer to any question they may ask. And if you don't, you die as a sports fan. Uh, so that's been, I now that I say it, yeah. It's is there, training. if there were, a, and they do celebrity in a lot of the game shows, if there is another one Ooh. that had it, that would be your, because I know you love Jeopardy, but if there was another game show or if they did this again, that you would kill to be on, which would it be? Family Feud. Yes. Yes. Then you have to rely on others, though. I know. See, here's also, the thing about you can put it off on others. And then but here's the thing fault. about Family Feud, and I know our family. I know if if the five of us were up there, and you know when somebody gives a dumb answer and they just all yeah. still say good answer, we would we'd probably get kicked off the show. Yeah, because it and it would probably be Sydney who would give an answer where we'd go. <laughs> What the hell did you? Just I can just say? picture you all looking down the line like yeah. what? Yeah, exactly. What? So family feud, huh? Who, yeah, I first of all, I think Steve Harvey is a hilarious phenomenal. host on that show. Yes. He's yes. perfect for family feud when he turns to the camera and like acts like he's getting taken out because an answer is so stupid. It's perfect. I could just watch, and I have just watched in hotels where they have those like smart TVs with the weird channels that you don't know what they are. There's a channel that just shows clips from that show. They don't have to be in the same order. It's not full episodes. It's just like a highlight reel of Steve Harvey on wow. Family Feud. And it's, I could watch it all day. I'm not, I'm, I should be ashamed to admit that and I'm not. That's one of the reasons. And the other reason is because every, all the cool things I've done, I feel like 
I've wanted to be able to share them with my family. I'm not even saying that in a way that like, I'm not that close with my family, but like going to the Super Bowl. When I got, when I became a person who goes to Super Bowls, I was like, I I have to find a way to bring my dad to the Super Bowl. Like, especially the Patriots Super Bowl, which of course the one he saw happened to be the most boring. Um, <laughs> and the one my brother saw is the one that we lost to the Eagles. But like, I feel like getting them and bringing them to stuff they always want to. And so this would be one I could be like, yeah, you can come do this. And then I can also this in the same spirit of you saying that you wouldn't say good answer because of the way my family is when they don't do well, I can go, see, it's not that easy. You couldn't just do my job. Yeah. Mm. Cause mm. It, that, that is, cause that is another one where you can buzz in whenever you want, but then you damn well, yeah, you yeah, better, better have something to say. Better have something to say instead of just sitting there. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Kate, Katie, you brought up all the things that you've gotten to done in your career. Where does this rank? Oh, Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. I'm close to number one. Wow. I'm close to number one. I just because this was like a like in its purest sense of the of the phrase a dream come true. I have like. I've I watch Jeopardy all the time. It's like a cultural institution to me. It's like a respected TV institution that's been around. It's like a it's still treated with like respect. The networks love it. It's like they're seen as their like shining star. And I got to be on it without having to take the test. I partially think that I got famous only to get famous enough to do this. And now I don't I could just retire on top. This so feels I like the greatest. I wonder as they were going through hosts and there were some celebrity hosts. Yeah, see, I'm not there, that celebrity. Here's the were thing. You, were I'm you not celebrity enough for that. Well, that's what I was saying. Were you sitting there going, man, I could do better than that. I could host better than that. What if you had the chance to host Jeopardy? Now, see, uh, here's the thing. I do think you having Ken as the host and Mayim too, but having Ken as the host is is great because he already knows most of the answers. Yeah. And so he, he doesn't have to wait to be signaled that like, that's correct. He's, he's got it. He knows. Uh, and he's like played the game before a lot, which I think is really helpful because he understands the traffic and he understands how that person behind the podium is feeling. And he does a really good job of like calming them down. I, uh, it is funny you describing Ken. It's like having a player, a former player as a coach. Like Ken yeah. is the D'Amico exactly. Ryans of the Jeopardy exactly. hosting set there. Like there's everybody... benefits to, to not being that, and there's benefits to being that. And I exactly. just, it, the thought of hosting Jeopardy would make me throw up. I, it would, I, it would, it's like, meeting your heroes type thing. Speaking of, you guys are uh, the Celebrity Jeopardy. You're playing for a charity. What was your charity? Uh, the Association for Women in Sports Media. And I will tell you, I may have bungled the part where they tell you you get to talk about your charity because it, there is something that is like really stressful when the people that say it before you have um, like charities that are about like life and death and uh, and and other such things. But I, the reason I chose it is because I wanted a, a charity I have like a personal relationship with. And I also wanted a charity that if I got knocked out in the first round, they would still feel the money that they got. So like, if you win the whole thing, they give a million. But if you win, if you even just play, I think they give, I don't know the number, but they give like 20,000, I want to say 10,000 to a charity. And so I didn't want it to be like, you know, the American Red Cross is like a drop in the bucket. Which not to say that you shouldn't give to those. Do you know what I'm saying though? Like I wanted yep. a place that would be like, oh my God, that money really helped. And from what I've heard, AWSM after uh, COVID hit 
because people weren't going to school. They like suspended a lot of the things they normally do because you're not really networking when there's a virus going around. Uh, And so they were like not doing too well. And so I was like, this could be, this could keep an organization around that I really, really believe in. And that like changed my experience in this industry for the better. Uh, It could keep it around. Well, Katie, beyond excited to get to check this out for everyone that's watching this on Wednesday when it comes out on the show here, Katie's episode is coming out that night for everyone who listens to it later. You'll hopefully have watched and get to hear this uh, in the preamble to it. You nailed the lead up uh, for American Women in Sports Media on this. And Katie, if nothing else, I hope I didn't get too much in the way of you finally getting to hang out with my dad on air. No, this was great. This was actually, this was the ideal first time. Again, training wheels. I'm used to those. And then, so I'm assuming from here on out, you're just gonna, you'll stay home and then it can just, we'll just take it. It'll just be you and I, Katie. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I love that. That's so good. There he goes. Such a good, this is good practice. I I, I completely agree. We don't need Mike. He needed to set up this first time after and then we're pros. We can take care of it. We can take it from here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, welcome back to Gojo and Golick. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., and Jesse Cofield. Our thanks to everybody who stopped by today. Kansas Jayhawks head football coach Lance Leipold. Andrew Whitworth, former NFL offensive tackle and part of the great coverage for Thursday Night Football and Prime. And our dear friend Katie Nolan, who's getting ready to take it to Celebrity Jeopardy tonight. Uh, Everybody make sure you watch and support the homie on that one. If you missed any of it, download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating, and check us out wherever you get podcasts. Check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel where you can get this after. And, of course, watch us live Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on the DraftKings YouTube channel, DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV Plus, and more. Roku as well, I think. Roku, yeah. All those like fun services there. You got them in your house. You're watching a bunch (laughs) of other stuff on it. Watch us there, too. It's a good time. My nephew Jackson watches us every morning. It's educational. We're like Miss Rachel. For a lot of people, we can be your Miss Rachel. We can do that. We we can. Oh, would I like to be that? Mm -hmm. Wow, how great would that be if we could all be Miss Rachel? Holy smokes! Yeah, she's raking in the dollars. She makes off her YouTube channel, man. Miss Rachel is rich and decadent. Um, Yep. All right, guys, let's get to this uh, as our first of the three quick stories to help finish off your day here. We've got. Pro Can Jam, a.k.a. Discflect, which I feel like I have to say very slowly yeah, to yeah. be sure. These guys are beasts. So anyone unfamiliar with it, uh, long game here. Producer Brandon alerted us this may have been a Two Americas situation, but uh, essentially you've got a circular garbage can with a slot in front and a Frisbee played by multiple people. Usually it's a partnered game played on the beach, played with beer in hand, where you try and knock the Frisbee into the top. And, Dad, for anyone watching on YouTube, watching live with us now, these old guys playing are absolutely lethally effective with the frisbee in their hand. This looks like speed fr- uh, frisbee as well. Let me just tell you, the aged have taken over can jam and pickleball. That is, we we you can't keep us down anymore. 
the 55 and up crew are taking over the world of kind of sports. But Can Jam, I remember you and I played this with a group of people at your house when we were both at ESPN. We had a big party there, and I remember playing this very, very well. There's the slot in front of it, too, that if you miraculously can make the Frisbee in the slot – uh, I know you stink at this game. You you well, are no. Uh, I don't. I don't stink at this. No, you do. I'm dealing with you a, do. no. I'm dealing with a very real and diagnosed capes of the yips, and you diminishing that is an affront to my mental health. You I stink at the game right now. You. Right now, you. Stink I have at the, the game. yips. The yips are getting Leave worse. me alone. This is you, mentally taxing. Yips is another word for stink right now. You stink See, at the you're game part right of the, now. You're part of the problem in the way we treat athletes in this country. You should be ashamed of the way you're talking right oh, now. Oh, I'm sorry. It's I don't despicable. cuddle you and hold you and say, oh, Mike, it'll be okay with the yips. Yeah, you maybe if you right had, now. it turned out better. Yet, you think yeah. you maybe would not have lost your hair if that happened? I mean, oh. maybe I'd be married right now. Maybe I'd have a full head of hair. How do you feel now? Go explain that to mom <laughs> that your treatment of me is yes, now the sir. reason I'm dealing with trauma and now can't be able to, be able to give you the guys things you want like grandkids in life. How's that? She's upstairs crying. You still now. can. You still can. If no, you I'm need dealing me to with all this you, trauma because if, you didn't hug me enough. If you need me to hug you and cradle you for that all to happen, it's too late now. It's too late sake. now. Why is it you you had that 34? How is it too late? You had that chance when I was 14. You can actually have a wife and be good at can jam all in the same one fell swoop. Yes. It really is the worst case of the yips I've ever dealt with in anything right now. Like, for whatever reason, the Frisbee is just outside of my purview. And I played for so long. This used to be a game I enjoyed so much. Jesse, we were talking before Polish Horseshoes. We called it Beersby where I was from. But another absolute banger of a game that involves a Frisbee I just can't play now. Mm. One day we'll get you back out there with a Frisbee in your hand. It's the world I want to live in right now, but apparently my father is going to be the reason he tries to crush my dreams in that. It's unbelievable. Is it, this is, the support this is what your generation does. You go into therapy and say, I confess it's my parents' fault. They did something to me that made me screwed up right now. Yeah. I mean, you destroyed the current financial climate and housing market, so it wouldn't be a stretch to say you did it to my feelings and thoughts, too. What? Yeah, exactly. Now we got him right where we want him. <laughs> Let's move on to that. Speaking of young people going out here and trying to overcome circumstance, the NHL season began last night, and all eyes were on number one overall pick. Connor Bedard, rookie, getting set to go for the Blackhawks. He goes and nets a point in their debut. Also, though, Jesse apparently had a little bit of an issue getting ready in warm-ups. Yeah, this could have been a case of the yips. He is just... Walking out for warm-ups and all his teammates are standing there. Everybody's looking at him, cameras on him. He realizes he doesn't have a stick. He's literally <laughs> walking out to the ice without his stick, hustles back and grabs it. And he's like, okay, all right, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to go, everyone. But he literally made it practically onto the ice and then was like, oh, oh. yep, need my stick. Yeah, struggle is real for that kid there, and I say kid because at 18 years and 85 days, he becomes the second youngest player in Blackhawks franchise history to notch a point in his NHL debut behind a guy we know very well, Dad, yeah. you know very well, I should say, and Eddie Olchek. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and did you see in, in true 18-year-old fashion in an interview after the game, so he goes out, they play Pittsburgh, and in the opening faceoff, he's up against Sidney Crosby, who ah. was a rookie in 2005. By the way, uh, Bedard had one assist in that game. Crosby's first game, he had one assist and finished up with 102 points his rookie year. So we'll see where Bedard goes. But I, I loved the, uh, the, the interviewer asked Bedard about that face off about Crosby. And the first thing Bedard as an eight year old brings up, he goes, 
Yeah, I lost that. It was bad. It was pathetic. About, about the face-off itself, she's asking about the moment. He's talking about the actual face-off, which he lost, he said, in a horrible way. But, man, this kid, you saw him play some in preseason. Wow, he is, he's got the goods. He looks like he's about 12 years old. And it's just, it's just an, another – we've seen this the last few years – with some some great guys starting out and living up, and and he's probably the you know the next in in, uh, in line at Connor Bedard to to live up to the hype you know as a young player in the NHL. I was talking with someone about it last night. The word generational. I feel like we overuse that a lot yeah, in yeah. football when we're talking about quarterback prospects because we've got so much more exposure. Hockey, I do think, is more judicious with the word, and it shows for a guy like that, for a guy like Connor McDavid, who has been one of the coolest things I've ever watched on skates. It does feel like we got a good hit rate with that idea of generational prospect because Connor seems to fit that mold. So, did you ever did you ever forget anything going out into any sport as little league or as you got older? And when it was just football, because that would be akin in football to forgetting your helmet. Basically, he this forgot is the recurring stick. dream I have all the time. Is I now, as an adult who haven't played football in a decade, always have a recurring dream where I show up to play a Notre Dame football game, and I show up either without my cleats or without my helmet. And my old offensive line coach Harry Heastand, who's a man I revere, who's as important as any coach I've ever had in my life, is looking at me like, "What the hell?" I'm looking at them, wondering why you're trying to play me now as a 34 year old who's about 250 pounds who struggled when he was close to 300 pounds. I'm confused by their strategy, but yeah, I don't have my helmet on the field and it's like the forgetting your homework dream. It's terrible. I, I mean, that, and that was a dream in, in reality. He forgot his stick. I mean, that's, that's hilarious. The most important thing he needs out and there. The outside cameras the on him and it's yeah, like, yeah, your big <laughs> moment. It's pretty yes. hysterical. That is well, amazing. Speaking ready about getting ready for a big moment, Jesse, let's get to the third here. The USC coaching staff has taken some interesting tactics ahead of their trip to South Bend this weekend. Yeah, okay, so USC staffers are spraying water at punt returners uh, during practice in hopes of simulating the rainy environment that allegedly the Trojans are going to face in South Bend. So quick weather report for this weekend. Yeah, uh, let's see. Low around 45 degrees. Uh, chance of rain at 50%. So this is yes. the response here is like, it's going to be slick out here. It's going to be wet. So we're just going to spray you down. I, I I love this visual of the coach just chasing him. Like, is that just absolute comedy? It's peak college football, I, man. I, this I, is Listen, I, I think the coach is getting joy out of that, of spraying, uh, right. you know. <laughs> That's more for him. He's like the guy in Billy Madison. Exactly. Mr. Mr. I don't even know you. Yeah. You, you know what? They can't replicate. Spray them all you want in sunny and warm weather. Okay. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, chill it down to 45 or 40 degrees with wind chill and it's a night game. Then get back to me when you've done that. <laughs> you know what? I'm praying this forecast. Yes. That's true. Yes. Cold. Yeah, you guys want that. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'll never yes. forget, Jesse. We played in the Sun Bowl against Miami and El Paso, and it was 32 and snowing at kickoff. Freezing. And we looked over at my. It was a slow Tuesday for us. We looked over and we're playing the Miami Hurricanes, and we knew right then and there. Done. Oh, they don't want to be here. They were done. You guys crushed over. them in that game. I am hoping it is cold and rainy for this one Saturday night. Bring it all on. We hope that it is raining comments, replies, ratings, and reviews in our mentions. Thanks so much. Download, subscribe, rate, review. Have a great evening. Watch Katie Nolan, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.